Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, in the Jokes podcast studio, I am joined by the one and only Mr. Comedian Danny Ward. Hi everyone. It was not, it's, in the, um, it's in the outdoor studio tonight, Mark. We are in the outdoor studio, yeah. little balcony. We could be in Spain here. It's lovely, isn't it? If it was 97, had a bottle of vodka sitting there, a couple of litres of cola, anything could be happening. But as it is, I am going home to a um, chicken and leek M&S uh, <laughs> ready meal. Are you? You have ready meals. I, I haven't had a ready meal for a Does long time. Does the Pope time. have a balcony, Mark? <laughs> you Do you want to my ready meal joke? Yeah, go on. Um, just got to try and remember it. I uh, got, got a, a microwave meal the other day, but the packaging was really rude. It said, do not remove film lid prick. It's a good joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid. Yeah, yeah. I've, I remember I've, I've heard that yeah, yeah, in I'd, the past. Could you get it to work or? It's a mixed. It doesn't always work. Because it does. It a, always it gets is, something. What it is, is it's, it's do not remove film lid comma prick I yes. mean we work on the assumption that's what it says do you think I need to leave more of a gap perhaps and also is so what not remove film lid prick do you reckon mm. that works better does it all I'm saying is and I don't want to you know shit on anyone's chips here but does it not say prick lid prick film I mean it, that isn't <laughs> do not um, do not remove I, I'll, I'll be honest I don't think it says prick oh it pierce pierce uh. film but I I'm hope I, I don't think maybe it's too many steps in the Maybe. process to buy into it. I reckon it. leaving a gap, I reckon... It does get a laugh. Well, you've got 50 minutes to fill tonight, so yeah, throw I'll, it in. I'm going to stick that in. Oh, yeah. And actually, I'll record it, and then we'll play it back, and I'll, I'll leave a gap, and we'll see how and it goes. what about that, that joke last night you messaged me and said, is this funny? What joke last night? Oh, yes. We could talk about that quickly. Yeah. Um, I tried it last night, and it didn't work. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, hang on. So I say what you said. No. You, you text hang me on, and said... On, did it work? You said, is oh, this funny? Yes, okay, that, that's not the one I was thinking of. And you went, you said, is this funny? My porn fantasy is, don't judge me, the one where the dad has sex with the babysitter. Now, I'd never actually do it. I don't have time to be a babysitter. Yeah, I think that will work, actually. Right. I think there will, I, I think it needs work. <laughs> I mean, I, I butchered the delivery there, I think. Yeah, so, so, the, yeah, so the idea is, I make everyone think I want to be the dad yes. having sex with the babysitter. But Makes everyone a bit uncomfortable, a bit of tension, release tension. I want to be banged by the dad that's yeah. the essentially the joke um do you think that's funny i think that's, I think that's, that's the 15 57 from dubai there <laughs> <laughs> coming in 
<laughs> uh, you know, um, I think um, my, I think my amendments to it were better. Yes. Is that why you brought it up? Because you wanted to get no, in your amendments. Mark. That is why you no. brought it up. What were your amendments? My amendments were. Wouldn't it be better if you said? And I agreed with all the amendments. Yeah. Uh, you said, uh, "Don't judge me, but my porn fantasy." is the one where dad has sex with a babysitter. So what I said before, my poor, poor fantasy is, and don't judge me, because I think that is more how you would say it, because you'd go, you, you start saying it, you go, but don't judge me. But I think you are right in joke writing wise. I think you should start, don't judge me, but my poor yeah. fantasy is the when the dad has sex with the babysitter. And then I said, you should say, now I'd never actually do that. I don't have time to babysit. Yes, right. And you said, say, I don't have time to be a babysitter. No yes, one ever said that. And I think that's it. right because you, I would have said babysitter twice. Yeah. To, to See, this is, this is Mars. This is, this is the, this is the senpai teaching the sensei here. <laughs> You're, you know, you t well, tell me about repeating words. But, but, or you could ask yourself, would a sensei maybe test ah, his so protege clever. by setting up a joke that wasn't quite right? It and was to see if he picked up yes. on it. And you passed. Here's <sighs> your green belt. Yes. So tell you what, I did, I was on the way back from a gig the other night, and here's a thing, Danny. You would think all the comedians on the road of a of a weekend, that's a lot of comedians, aren't there? From your open mics to your professional bills, it could be five hundred. You stop off at services regularly. Mm -hmm. Rarely do you ever see other comedians at services. You would think that would happen a lot, wouldn't you? But anyway. I, I, I was basically I was, I was having a wee the other day in the services mm -hmm. and I was just leaving and Pierre Hollins walked in and he looked at me and he sort of had this big reaction like oh what, what are you doing here and and then I was thinking about it and I think I think I've only ever bumped into seven comedians in the services and I can remember them all do you want me to name them? I'd love you to, but you also can you put like the top of the pops music over it, and then <laughs> rank them in who you think's the best. So, Ending well, not not the best. Let's do it in the order of when it happens. Boo! That's not as fun. Rank <laughs> so, them who's so the, the first best. one. The first one, and one. Is that what they say? No, you no, start that's dance, you go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> At number seven, it's At number seven. It's Ramesh Ranganathan. Well, he should be number one. <laughs> so I. So this is the first one. Yeah. I was I was having a wee. And then I literally just looked to my right and Ramesh was having a wee. <laughs> we were just weeing next to each other. Oh. This was quite a while ago. Uh, and then He has people to do that for him now. <laughs> yeah. And then... Huh? What's that? Number... Oh, number six. Sorry, number I, I six. Miss... Um, I bumped into... This is six and uh, five and six, actually. I bumped into Milo, McCabe and Elliot Steele. Number four. It's number four. This is a weird one. I'd been touring with Sean Walsh for ages. He was the one person I spent the most time in services with. We had a little break from the tour, a few days. I went off to a gig towards Norwich and went to this obscure services. This was like a day after we finished the tour. Went to this obscure services I'd never been to. Why would anyone go to it? It's in the middle of nowhere. And I was just in M&S and I was walking around and in the queue, Sean, just... Mental. What's the chances of that? That that we, we didn't even discuss where we were going next day. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's a coincidence. It is. Da, 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 da. <laughs> three? Was it two? Number three. three. Um, that's fairly recent. I bumped into a comedian uh, called uh, James Ellis. He's sort of a, a newer comedian. He's very funny. Chatted to him in Acosta, and then over his shoulder, I was looking. 
and I saw Joey Page and Jeff Innocent walk through. Well, that's that's what's the chance of that? Yeah, all, four in one, and they weren't together. Who Jeff and so Joey. Jeff and Joey? Jeff were, and Joey. Were. But, but I know James that. Ellis wasn't with them. That was just a coincidence that we were all. Because Jeff told me when he saw you as well. So did I'm he? getting that. In, yeah, getting that stereo. Me, so yeah. What did he say? What did he say about? He me? said I met that <laughs> Mark Simmons. Oh, I can't say the C. Yeah, word you can just. I can show you how to download a bleep sound off the internet. Okay, you show me that. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> da, oh. da, 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 that's is that and Joey and Pierre Jeff Holland, and I'm at the end. Is, is Joey and Jeff? That was the last one. Mark, you've left. No, it isn't. This is incredible. Mark actually can't remember the n- another one. Have I met you? No, Mark. Who else have I met? I can't believe this is ridiculous. Do you oh, know Michael McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Charlie knows that. Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's someone called Charlie. <laughs> we haven't established that our friend Charlie's here. Oh yeah, yeah, Michael McIntyre as well. That was uh, that was a uh, an interesting. Now, have one. you kept him to the end because he was the last or first chronologically? I'd or or was it because he's the best? I'd for, I'd, what, Michael McIntyre. I'd know. forgotten. And there you go. Because you had a conversation a, about him because with, with him I as well. Because I think the others are more my, my friends, whereas I didn't. I'd only met Michael. You said he was McIntyre. really nice to you, and yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I doubt he'd consider himself my friend. Although the show, I, so I did a show with him a few weeks before I saw him again, random. Only just met him, and then I bumped into him, and that was a show called Michael McIntyre and Friends, and I'd never met him before. I did it, um, so. Yeah, bumped into him, and I'd never seen fame like this. Like, I'm friends with comedians that are famous, but this was a different level. I stopped him to say hello to him. We started chatting, having a lovely conversation, and then he started... People just came up to him, physically tapping him on the shoulder, saying, can I have a selfie? Can we have a selfie? Like, so rude. And then this, like, this crowd formed of people, loads of people around us and he was like i think you better go because i've got to deal with this i've got to get on to this thing and then i just left him and he was just having to deal with all these people with photos and all that i mean that's that's a would you want that level of fame of that like that's it's a different level that's let's 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 think about this would i if you had that much money maybe you'd have your own like camper van with a toilet on board i tell you he was in it he was, he was i don't know he was Probably in a limo or something. No, you're not a limo. Do you want to hear my uh, service station stories? I'd love to hear your service station so stories. So I p- bumped into two uh, comedians. One was Mitch Ben, and that was on the, uh, the... There's a You know when you're coming from the A3? No, not the A3. It's the A303. Then it becomes the M3. You've been past Stonehenge? Oh, yeah, wait. Yeah, this on is your right, Stonehenge on your right? Stonehenge on your left. On so your you left, go, you're, you're coming, coming into back. London. Come back into... Yeah, because right, we're, right, yeah. we're returning back to a gig. Coming okay. back from a gig. I was in the car with Paul F. Taylor. Come up who else? And there's a little M&S there just before the little, little, uh, a petrol station. Almost like a petrol station with other services. Mm. Saw Mitch Ben there. And then um, another time... Um, Which airplane is that, Danny? That one. That is the 1806 from Shanghai. <laughs> and then another time I saw... Uh, God, it's gone. It's, 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 oh, Bob Mills. Bob I Mills? Saw, yeah, I saw Bob Mills in McDonald's once. Oh, did you? That was on the M3. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We'd been at the same gig. Oh, okay. That doesn't but count. But he'd... Does it not? No. He'd left early because I had to pack up the gear. Right. That doesn't count. Because... Right. Okay. So, so any, any other service stations? Uh, that, well, uh, but uh, once I was travelling to uh, Stoke-on-Trent, I think, with Angela Barnes. What motorway? Uh, that would have probably M6. been... With the M6, wouldn't it? And we stopped at his services and went to <laughs> Starbucks. And in front of us in the queue at Starbucks was um, Gary Lineker. Gary goddamn Lineker. And what was interesting about it is that uh, I've seen Gary a couple of times here and there. And, um, you yeah, know, very, yeah, yeah. And uh, very, very clean shirt, very 
left hand looks like you know you know you're sort of looking at someone I guess like an aura of, about yeah him. like there's a, a clear sort of sense of celebrity about him and he's talking to someone at the front uh, with his tongue to ordering a coffee and then as he's ordering the coffee the woman behind the, the counter just turns around and there's those big cups in the, on the back wall yeah. turns around just gets a cup gives it to him and hands him a pen and almost without asking like he had no expectation of you know it was obvious what he was being asked to do it yeah. must happen to him all the time he got the pen almost without any kind of dialogue signed this mug she took it back off him and just put it back on the uh, on the wall just behind him said. yeah almost like nothing said like it's just like oh well, obviously it's quite funny Starbucks they're known for writing your name on the cups and it's just obvious like anytime he goes to Starbucks he's going to be asked to sign a cup and it goes behind the bar behind yeah, the, you know. and again it's a bit like Michael McIntyre when people bang, you know, want yeah. your selfie if you're Gary Lineker and you order a Starbucks you're going to have to sign a mug <laughs> yeah. did he pay for the Starbucks I um uh, could, couldn't speculate. That's I a funny so. thing. Once you get really famous, you don't pay for things anymore. Yeah. Whereas you're the one with all the money. Well, absolutely. I know that about some with the Audi A5. It's the fastest road car in the market or was at one point. <laughs> it's like an Audi estate. Right. I actually took it to be um, cleaned. I wasn't insured looking back on it, but I took it to a... And when I was getting it cleaned at one of those American car set washes, mm. all the blokes were like, oh, nice car, mate, nice car. You know, can you show what it can do when we pull away? And I put my foot down. You know, scare Michelle sit, shit. Yes. I won't say who that was because it's... And did well, you should I? It was Jimmy Nesbitt. And did you but not? the point is that he got given the car by Audi. So one of the oh. few people in the, in the I country who could afford the car got given it free anyway. Right. Yeah. I thought you were... Yeah, because I know a, a, a well-known comedian that got a Nando's black card. Yeah. That he's a millionaire. Yes. But then he gets free chicken now as well. It's, it's strange. One it? of those things, isn't it? Do you know what Nando's black card is, Charlie? Nando's black card is, it might even be a, a myth, an urban myth, but it's a real thing. do think. So basically, if yeah, you're really, so really one. rich and successful and famous, you get a Nando's black card, which is free Nando's forever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's um, only a certain amount of people who've got one. I think David Beckham's got one. Have I made that up? I don't know. We'd have to, if we were at my flat, we could, ask, um, we could ask Alexa. But, um, oh, yeah. And then my last story. Well, we've got an Alexa here. But it might just take a little bit longer. Um, it's called a Charlie. <laughs> ask, Char- ask for Charlie. Just, just Google now. Just, um, Say it. Hang like, on. Like maybe I'll ask the phone. No, no. Ch- ask a Charlie. Uh, Charlie, what is a Nando's black card? Who's got a Nando's black card? Yeah. David Beckham. Yeah. David Beckham has a Nando's black card. <laughs> there we go. Good. Do you want to hear my final story for the services? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody's lapping up Oh, this stories. is a big one. This is. This is a big one. So we're coming back from, it must have been Leeds. I've got uh, Mark Meyer in the car. Yep. Mayor Meyer. Mark Meyer. Mayor. 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 And I've got Mark and the Mayor in the car, and it's late night, and we're coming down the services, and we pull into these services because we need a toilet. And as we pull in, guess who's just walking through the services to the toilet as well? Who? Hey. Tom Jones. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Tom Jones. He's got a couple of. Yeah, you know, a couple of uh, sidekicks or security or whatever. Tom Jones and um, stops Mark, at Mark sees it. Yeah, Mark sees it's Tom Jones, and he's like, "Oh, that's Tom Jones." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, oh, "I'm going to ask him for a picture." And I was like, "Oh God, okay." And so we sort of wait, he was hanging around, waiting for Tom Jones to come out of the toilet. And when he comes out of the toilet, Mark goes, "Oh, can I have a photo, Tom?" And I, I'll never forget it. I saw Tom Jones look around, making this calculation in his head. <laughs> as to is there enough people watching me so that I have to say yes to this? Yeah. A- and he obviously did the calculation and realised there was probably enough people that meant he couldn't just say, fuck off, mate, I'm having a piss. <laughs> and he had to phone with Mark. 
I know, I took it. I had to take it. Did that you? Was right. I had to take the photo of it. What airplane's that, Danny? It's a loud one. I got that one. That's the uh, 1811 farm. Wow, look, there's two so close together. Look behind you. That's from Sydney. What were those two? That one. Look how close well, they that, are. Well, that's the... Poor old Mark. He's not lived in London long. <laughs> look <laughs> he's the airplane. He's getting all excited. <laughs> Mate, have you ever been down to City Airport? One a minute. Is it? Yeah. Wow. That is the delayed. That's a 1564. 1564. They're a bit close together for my but, liking. Yeah, that could, we could be having a near miss here. So oh, basically, wow. it, I just, it was just, just watching um, Tom Jones doing this calculation. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get this photo. <laughs> but it's funny to stop a 70-year-old bloke at midnight on his way out of a urinal, isn't it? Yeah, for a photograph. I suppose for him it's not unusual. Hey, we can't top that. Call it a day, mate. <laughs> we have got a crack in episodes for you today. I'm over the moon that we've got this gentleman on. I'm a big fan of his. We've only got Miles Jupp, Danny. Yeah. It's, it's it's a corker. It's an absolute corker. I'm chuffed that he he did it. Uh, it's in my favourite. Um, no, I haven't. Um, oh, actually, maybe years and years and years ago. But it's in my favourite sitcom of all time. The thick of it. The thick of it. Yeah. It's Miles Jupp. Um, I did so, a thing so that humiliated me once. In I did this show with Simon Munnery where we we toured around. Scotland pretending to be, pretending to be playing, acting uh, Johnson and Boswell. Oh yeah, and there and there would be this thing where we were recreating with the help of the audience a crossing to the Isle of Skye. That in Boswell's book is madness, whereas in yeah, I've, I've been like, there. Crossing was a bit choppy, and so I get the audience. We've got all these buckets, and they've got all these sort of bits of flotsam in and plastic fish and stuff. And I go through this whole thing where I'm getting when I point at you, throw them, and I learn this long thing, and the lights are flashing. I'm on a table pretending it's a it's a it's a uh, like a ship in a sailing thing, and I'm doing this long bit from the diary, which just taken me ages to learn. And I would point at them, and they'd throw the contents of the buckets. And um, there was one place. Uh, uh, now where was it? Oh damn it! Uh, it's a place that's got a sort of amusingly catchy slogan. Anyway, wherever this place was, I then forgot to say the contents of the buckets. I said, throw the bucket. <laughs> and so during that thing, and I couldn't stop it once it was up and running. So, uh, oh, I wish I could name the name of the place. It's a small theatre. Um, but anyway, I did. So I went through this thing, and every time I pointed, they would throw, not the contents, but the actual bucket. So for this five minute routine with the lights flashing, me doing loads of dialogue, every time I pointed at someone, they threw a full bucket, which hit me. About well over half of them hit me. And. And then, but then for the next ten or whatever things of the show, I'd say. Uh, now remember to throw the the contents of the buckets, not the buckets themselves, as they did in such and such, and the idea of it being this place where they misunderstood the instructions or whatever. So, yeah, funny, yeah. so that line stayed in, mm. and then for some reason on the last night we were in Kilmarnock, and I and I got the I forgot as I've done now, but I had less excuse then. I forgot that I didn't say the name of the place. I said not the not the buckets themselves, like they did in Kilmarnock. I said, but in Kilmarnock, and there was a thought: Have you been pretending that? Are we the place that you've been abusing all this time, pretending that we've been doing that? Just absolutely baffling. And it was just. I, and I, I said, no, I've just made a... No. They must have thought, you cheeky bugger, you've been going around pretending that we've got this wrong and we're about to get it right, you arse. Um, so, yeah, that kind of thing. You've got, you you know, you can just... That mm. thing of fit, turning off on stage once. I remember doing that Reading, Reading University gig once and I, for whatever reason, I must have just been gigging so much at the time that you get slightly on autopilot. And I sort of half woke up and thought, 
oh gosh, this isn't going terribly well. They've just drifted off. <laughs> well, they've drifted off, I thought. So then I, you know, then I sort of put some effort in and, you know, it all came back again. But there wasn't, and I just suddenly thought, oh God, oh God. And I hadn't really, yeah, I, I dozed quite off. Anyway, sorry, we're probably way off topic. No, are you, are you, um, are you pl- like, were you, are you going to planning on doing stand up again or? How do you do it? If you, do you just go, I'm going to do a tour, I think, and then yeah, start back Yeah, I, so I, I have started writing a show, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know if I'll do it or not, and I don't know how it ends. <laughs> but because the story I'm telling in the show, I'm still sort of living a bit. So I, I, it's, that, oh, it's, okay. it's not rather than going, oh, I can't think of an ending. Um, so, so, you ha- written... so, so you won't have tried any of what you've written out yet. You'll write a big N- chunk of stuff. and then... No, I do a completely terrifying thing, which is... Again, it's partly because I don't, you know, if I lived in London, I could get on a, mm. get in the overground, just go and so I'll go and do 10 minutes every night once everyone's gone to bed or whatever. But I yeah. I can't sort of do that so much. So actually what I end up doing is sitting down and coming up with like 20,000 words of stuff and put it in an order. So James Kettle has directed the last couple of shows oh, yeah. and like, you know, put it all in the right order and stuff. And I suppose there's a kind of script editing aspect of that as well. And I, and I would go down... Plus he writes amusing jokes. And then I'd go down and just do like two hours. Bang. What? Like, two, like not learnt, but off a, yeah, yeah. Off a lectern pretty much. And mm. just do all of it in a one which is obviously an awful evening for me <laughs> um, in terms of nerves. But actually it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, it just You're just getting all of this out the fir- for the first time and then maybe do that two or three more times and listen to it back. So I'll kind of do the thing as a whole. Yeah. And then maybe have a warm-up, go to like... Um, somewhere and just like for three nights and just do full length wow shows i mean have you ever I know that sounds crazy yeah that, i mean it does great. yeah that's but cool. then for me there's a sort of theater to it so it's a bit mm. like writing and learning and rehearsing a play really and, I, and yeah. then it can get to the point where you can be freer but i need to do that bit first rather than some people's it starts loose mm. and then tightens into a thing whereas i like to start with a tight thing from and it, and that's the thing that changes and then yeah, you know, a month into a tour, you suddenly come up with the ideal closer for a bit that mm. you haven't had before <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But I need to do the solid bit. In cricketing terms, that's my that's my solid defensive technique. Yeah. And when that's absolutely in 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 order, uh, I'll, I'll I'll play a few shots maybe. Yeah. Wow. But so yeah, it so is. I it guess... is the, probably the wrong way around to do it, and quite terrifying. But it's just the way that I've it's practical it's for you. developed for me. It's practical. Yeah. I guess the 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 fear is none of it works i guess that, yeah. i guess that's the initial that's a lot of yeah yeah an hour in and you're like i've wasted quite a lot of time writing this this is thousands <laughs> of words every day yes that would be the fear i suppose the thing is like you were saying if you're doing it in front of a big room if you're taught if you're touring people are coming mm. in a way to see the sort of thing that you do yeah i mean i, I had to be talked out of calling a tour show more of the same uh, but I kind that's of thought, great. That, that's what that's it. But that is what it is. I like it. it I like it. You know, or, or so a title like um, uh, me talking about the sort of things you'd imagine I'd talk about. <laughs> you know, what people if people know you are maybe, and they like this, and some of them will like the sort of thing that you do. So they want to come and see you do an example of that sort of thing that you do. And then if you do enough of that, then you can sort of do some yeah. prizes or whatever. I had one tall show that I had a like, load of politics in the second half that was. You know that I'd sort of earned the right to mm. to do, I guess, by doing the sort of thing they'd expect me to do for the majority of it, and then and then I got a news quiz, and it seemed like, oh god, I don't want to go out and do 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Political stuff when you stand up and win. But then they probably want that if, if, they're, if they're a fan of you from the news quiz. They, they, maybe that's what they like. Yeah, I suppose there, there you're you're like so tuned into the news that you think, mm. oh, there is a topical aspect of uh, to to that you can add on to every sort of existing stuff and whatever. And you're like, oh, like Michael Gove is the bauble that I can hang on this particular. Yeah, a yeah. bit here. I mean, I, it was completely mad at me. Not as mad as Michael Gove, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. those kind of. But there, it's a little bit. It's a little bit painting by numbers, and you sort of hate yourself right. for doing it. So part yeah. of you think, no, fuck it. I'll do, I've written this show. That's what mm. I'm going to do. And but they're absolutely out... desperate for me to talk about the European referendum, as I seem to have been doing for sixty yeah. episodes. Then they'll have to bloody <laughs> listen to the radio. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess if you're running your show past your director first as well, that's also a nice kind of there must be something it's, it's not going to you're not going on completely cold do you know well, except yeah yeah there is that element of it but also i wouldn't get in touch with someone else until i'd really written 19 20 000 words or whatever right. yeah so at that moment you really are on your own going well i hope mm. this works yeah are you excited about what you've written so far um i think so yeah it's like a story is that unusual uh, for you to do a story for a I've full show? I've done one before. I did a, sh- a show in 2010 called Fibber in the Heat, which was oh yeah, um, a, a, a story. Uh, and I guess I like this one. I can't work out whether to have like the story as the spine and then go off at different tangents because uh, I've got some tangential stuff. Mm. Or you go, oh no, write a club set basically and, and then do the show or, or whatever. I really like... Um, I watch... Very little stand-up these days. But what I used to do when we're paying for stories, I'd watch the beginning of them. Right. You think, what's what do people come out and do? It almost <laughs> like by the time they start speaking, you're like, no, that's irrelevant now. What's the thing? Do, the empty stage, or is there a set, or right. is it loud music, or is it relaxed and whatever? And that's the sort of bit. So like on Netflix, yeah. you've like started, <laughs> you know, the tiny little red line underneath these yeah. presumably brilliant shows. We're like, I don't need to see that bit. I just want to see the bit when they get to the microphone or yeah or whatever. But start. I did. I have watched uh, Mike Babiglia. Oh yeah. Uh, about three or four of his specials, mm. and I kind of thought I'd like to achieve that kind of. Uh, vibe? Am I using the word vibe correctly? The sort of atmosphere that he creates. Yeah. I kind of think, oh, it'd be quite nice to have a show that was halfway between the one I've done that was sort of pure storytelling and the, and the other ones that have been just bits of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I really like his kind of low-key Yes, I listen. I, I fairly recently it, watched his stuff. But, well, I think I listened to it on Spotify. I think he's got... Yeah. And I suppose that what what I hope I would have in common is the sort of part of the delivery is like look i've written the stuff here it is mm. so everyone look we've all got a part to play in this mine is <laughs> doing the thing i've done the work already i'm now going to present it to you and <laughs> yeah. to you please you know you've bought a ticket and you're hopefully sitting comfortably and um <laughs> you know join, join the dots <laughs> lovely um so so have you got any bits that over the years that you sort of written so how what's your hit like rate like so if you're if you've written a show like that would like, do you will you be ditching quite a lot of the stuff, or? Yeah, I reckon you would just, and also because I, um, in fact, James Kettle said you do. You, I can't remember his excellent phrase for it, but it was pointing out, you know, you 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 put it all on the page, and then 
sort of take it off again. So the yeah. first, get it all down, that thing, get mm. it done and then get it right kind of attitude. You know, I would have like written a story and I'd be saying, now bear in mind, this shop, it's probably only six or seven minutes walk from my front door. <laughs> so that sentence goes. I need that, yeah. There's a shop near me. <laughs> you know, that's that's all it is. So there'd, yeah. there'd be a lot of sort of exposition that one would be hacking away. Frank Skinner in his book says about, um, he, think, he, he says it as it's a block of ice straight like everything is a block of ice and then he just chips away and sculpt and that makes the sculpture that sounds mm. sort of the, the first person i heard talk about how to put it together like that so well, get it all I, down. What, what i do is i i i make an enormous pile of clay so he starts <laughs> with the ice whereas i start with nothing make an enormous amount of clay and then and it's quite hard to do this attempt to chisel the clay even though it's a very sort of um it breaks very easily it's very very sort of <laughs> fractious sort of material um but yeah there is an element but i kind of really and it's an odd thing that is it the phrase kill your darlings is that what people say about sort of writing i kind mm. of like the idea that you've done a load of work and then you can then go through it it's the same with some of the books i've written you go through and you're like oh i can put a red line through this whole page and actually yeah. that feels luxurious rather than going no i kind of think <laughs> yeah. yeah great well i can do that i've done lots of this stuff now i wanted to be eighty thousand words it's currently 120 so great i can yeah. put that through the whole thing and i i kind of <laughs> don't mind that and i used to say in the writer's room for the news because these are the jokes i like let's mm -hmm. either make them shorter or make them or make them longer and more florid maybe change some of the references and some of them will go let's get to the point quicker some of them they need yeah. a light, slight tweak some of them let's go fucking bananas with this one and see if yeah, it can yeah, build yeah. into some ludicrous thing there was one in, maybe or the earlier seasons where it just went off on some slight sort of you know oh this is all just everything that's wrong with everything and blah 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 blah, blah. and we all just need to go back to the trees from whence we came was where this yeah. thing and it had i don't even right. know what it started yeah, out yeah, as a joke yeah. about but every now and then you take something small and make it really big mm. and and sort of um uh, uh balustrade uh and otherwise just sort of pare it down so i couldn't really tell you what the hit rate is other than the mm. fact that you might... I used to think an Edinburgh show was 9,000 words. Does that sound right to you? You're the only person I've ever spoke to that that's, that says it in how many words, like a word count, like an essay. No because ever... it is a, is a piece wow. of writing. I guess when yeah. I started doing Edinburgh shows, I was still at university. Yeah, so it's fascinating. Think, so I used to think that seems to be about... So if I've got 12,000, like, great, well, I can lose yeah, yeah. a third of that or I can lose a quarter of it or... Or, or whatever, because I suppose I must, I don't know, maybe I just sort of speak at one pace. I mean, occasionally I get excited, but... But you might be right, it might just be that's the way you were thinking when you started stand-up, and it, you just, it's just stayed with you. I suppose now I would, you go out there and you do, oh, how long How long was that, would be one of the questions I'd ask yeah. for a first thing. Or yeah, that right. was nine hours. <laughs> oh, right, yes. That's and why that's too long. <laughs> Is it too long or do we just need an interval? Um, you know, what's it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So have you got any bits that over the years that you've liked and didn't couldn't get to work for that I've got, frustrated I've got you. bits that I didn't like that I kept on doing because I just didn't do <laughs> anything else. So when I started I put I put I started at the stand in Edinburgh and I put together I had a set I had a twenty quite quickly hmm. and the beginning worked and the middle worked and the end worked. But between the middle and the end there was a sort of repository where I was like, I just I know I have to do twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember having this thing that really didn't I was able to dress. It was, it was quite at odds with everything else I was doing. So at the time, it was I would literally be wearing corduroys and a <laughs> tweed jacket and stuff like that. But I had this sort of silly bit of wordplay. About banging chicks. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it was all about like the East Coast West Coast uh, hip hop rivalries, <laughs> and um, and how it was all moot anyway. So I was all about Detroit. No, it was it was all. Um, <laughs> I should have. That's what it should have been. It was this ludicrous thing where there was a park near me on the meadows, and there was a playground, and it said there was a sign on the the gate that said "No dogs, no cycling, no ball games." And so I had this silly thing about like walking past it and seeing this sign: "No dogs, no ball games, no cycling," and then looking over the railing, and I saw a dog on a unicycle <laughs> bouncing a beach ball on its head. Now, as, as far as I'm concerned, that is just a blatant breach of the rules, quite frankly. And I was shouting at this dog and a lady came over. She said, that dog's very clever, actually. I said, well, it obviously can't read. You know, and it, and it, it, it kind of... And it, it, it sort of that, works though. as a, it sort of works as a thing, but it was so kind of out of, out of context. And I can, I, I can, you'd think, like, I would gig there so often that you could almost tell how a gig was going by looking at the eyes of the bar staff at the back. And that was the one where you think they'd be like, why does he keep doing this bit? It's got nothing to do with anything. Um, but until I came up with some new stuff, I had to sort of do that. And in the end, I did find a way of making it sort of more ornate or whatever. I realised it, yeah. it was actually that playground was the, on the front cover. It was a, a black and white photo. It was on the front cover of an Ian Rankin novel. Uh, so I'd say, I don't even know the playground. It's one on that one, I suppose. If you're sort of aspiring middle class, you probably want to start reading some Ian Rankin or, or, or you know, whatever. Right. But um, uh, that, that sort of never really worked, but I had to keep on doing it. And That's then funny because things... in the hands of someone else, that would be a really good bit. I mean, you just telling me that then made me laugh as a set piece. Because the line of he can't read is so good. Oh, right. I, th I, think. I, I thought it was, that's very nice of you. Maybe I could, yeah. Well, but the thing is, it's maybe... a bit, it's a, the trouble is, it's, I think people when they watch you, it's unexpectedly surreal. Yes, because it's is just that what it is? it's no, it's not real. The re there's no realism in the setup, so people like they're a little bit like, oh, what? Because I do it off the back of a like a real sort of story that was about a slight sort of 
tiff in a like a flat share argument or whatever. Yeah. And then and then I go and I said cross. So I went out for a walk and I was walking along and it so it was it was so sort of yeah. unpleasantly shoehorned <laughs> that I think people found it upsetting. I did. I had a joke as well that I like again that was not not my sort of joke, but I really liked and I I ran out of. I lost my nerve with it. I, the joke, the joke was, um, uh, oh yeah, it was sort of about manners, and I was going to go. Yeah, I, I suppose a bit, a bit like saying, um, you know, it's 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 rude to talk with your mouth full. I suppose the equivalent. So I was going. Apparently, it's very rude to do sign language with your hands full. <laughs> and I, I sort of came up with this, and then I didn't know. I'd gone to New Zealand. I was doing a show in New Zealand that was a sort of an hour-long stand-up show that I suppose was various other ones put together. And I knew exactly what I was going to do with that. I'd got it sort of nailed down. I'd done a few tryouts before I went out there. Cause it's quite terrifying getting to the other side of the world. And you think... Yeah. You know, I remember when I first started, I was, started out in Edinburgh. I went down and did that Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year oh, yeah. thing. And I and I remember thinking, I'm thinking, I don't know if this is funny in England. I've only done this in oh. Scotland. I don't even know if this is... Will this be funny in Leicester? I've got no idea. <laughs> and I, So then going to the other side of the world to do stuff. And then... And then I had my my opening night at the San Francisco bathhouse in Wellington. I, it was just so near the top of my mind that I literally walked out, and that was the first thing I said to the audience <laughs> out of nowhere. They haven't I haven't given them any chance to tune in to what I had. And of course, there was a sort of like, "Hello there." Apparently, it's very rude to do, uh, you know that that sort of, you know, when you've been like, "Hello, nice to," almost yeah. before in their head, they some of them probably would have thought. That's the way he pronounces "hello." It's nice to be here. You know, yeah, it came yeah, sort of yeah. so out, and then I sort of lost confidence with it. Because I don't I think it's it's not a bad thing to start with. Because with your persona, you could go go into that with sort of about talking about manners. That that seems yeah. quite a real. This is how I talk. I was when I was at and school, I, yeah, and I guess the way to go with it would be to be really rude to see. You know, I'd got you know, I went to a BSL course, and the teacher was <laughs> signing with his hands full, and I just thought this is completely. Disrespectful. I suppose, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you try and have a sort of bit of attitude yeah. about it. Jared, Jared Christmas was there. I was going, I'm sure that's a good joke. Mm. And he actually, so he did, uh, he, he he was like, no, it is good, but it's, yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't. Do you, cause, do you think, because as, as a comic, I, I, I would prefer, uh, personally, I prefer it if you'd, you didn't mention the mouthful thing first so then you I didn't I didn't mention the mouthful thing first I literally just said yeah it's very so you sign language because I like that you have to do the work but But, you want people to have tuned in a bit beforehand yeah I I don't think I think I think regular audiences won't make the jump unless you've done a lot of stuff already like that I think there's that thing those jokes that people sort of set up who they are I remember doing a gig in um you know Ian Smith Mm, yeah he so he used to run a gig in Howden like that I must have done 13, 14 years ago. Yeah. And I remember getting off the train, wherever it was, we'd get off the, the train there to go and do it. And there was a... I thought, oh, the guy who runs the gigs brought his son with him. And then the son was like, hello, I'm Ian. This is my <laughs> gig. Right? And he was, and he, he was he was great. And we, it was mm. on, we were on with Paul Paul Foote. Oh, yeah, Paul brilliant. Paul Foote. And it, he did... Uh, if he still does this, I apologise, Paul. I thought it was so funny. He had this thing and he comes out obviously he's a slightly sort of distinctive uh look and he said when i was little i had a um i had a well, whatever bird it would be what would be the sort of bird you'd have as a pet a budgie yeah. i had a budgie and yeah. it died <laughs> and my parents thought they could trick me so they got another budgie and replaced my dead budgie with a new budgie but i knew it was a different budgie and i killed that one too <laughs> and i, I love thought, that joke it, it's such a brilliant joke 
<laughs> Does he still do that, Duke? No, I, I think Paul's it, one person that doesn't ever do anything again. Like it he's... was so, it was so brilliant, but also so set up. It was also saying, "This is the world that you are now entering." Yes, yeah, you know, and that and that's kind of. I suppose that's your thing because I suppose some comedy, stand-up comedy, is coming out to the audience and saying, "I'm just like you." It's us against them, mm. and there's some people coming out and they're saying, "I'm not like you." Yeah. Or, or some people are saying, I, I am like you and we're marvellous and everyone else is an idiot kind of thing. I'm not yeah. naming any names here, but we all know. <laughs> sure. uh, and, and that's the kind of, you know, whereas that saying, you know, this is a different different view. And I mm. and I kind of, there is that, it would be lovely to be able to walk out and go, I'm just like you. But I don't, you know, I don't sort of, like lots of people, lots of comics, I suppose, I always felt, you know, you, you always feel like you're slightly sort of outside looking in, even when yeah. you're in an environment when everyone is exactly like you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, somewhat tragically. Uh, and that sort of thing, I can't quite, mm. you know, that, so that sort of conspiratorial, eh? it's just us, eh? we know what's going on. I, 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 I would never be able to sort of pull that off, really. It used to be a thing where, like, going up for acting jobs in my 20s, uh, you know, which I'm, of which I got about two. The, the 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 absolute dread for me would be reading the script in the audition, and it would say something like, "A completely normal twenty-seven-year-old walks into the room," and I think, "Oh God, well I don't have a. This is going to be a disaster." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so always... yeah. Oh no! You walk in with this weird limp because you're just overthinking yeah. it. I'm just going, yeah, yeah. What would, yeah? What's normal? I'll put on. I remember once, it was the very, maybe not the first time, second time, I'm very good friends with Alex McQueen. Mm. And I, but I met him once in an audition scenario. It's a film he did, I think he actually went on and won a BAFTA for it. Uh, but I was auditioning inexplicably as a, for a, as a sort of geezer. <laughs> and um, and I just didn't know, I think I might even have put like a medallion on or something. Because I thought, what to... <laughs> Just, I just would love really... to see that tape. Uh, yeah, God. Well, it must be out there somewhere. What in there somewhere? <laughs> but yeah, you're like because I just couldn't. Mm. But I think I think also you sometimes you get a thing and you say I know how to do this, and other times I don't know how to do this, and it's that that's sort of how it goes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I can't do this, but I've got to because I've got to try. Mm. You know, in the old days when you were sort of gigging all the time, you know, someone say right, can you do this gig? And you think that sounds really hard. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not saying I'm doing it because it found hands hard. It's like, well, I'm not doing anything else that night, and mm. you know, it's all part a child, of it. And I need to go. Yeah, you, you wouldn't just go. Yeah, hello, Richard. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, that sounds easy. Yes, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you never do anything. You're like, oh no, because that the thing is actually yesterday I went half as far for twice that money, so no, that would be inconceivable. Like, no, okay, that's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you just you just keep keep doing it and you would you would you would write it in the diary and thinking well that would be a nightmare <laughs> and it, and it, it's not a self-fulfilling prophecy it's just awareness yeah yeah i remember turning up the northampton picture drone and a friend of mine from school was there and i uh who used to put that off the curb maybe and i just stood at the back and i said to him yeah i'm afraid this isn't going to go very well <laughs> and he went really and i went yeah it's still not going to go very well and I didn't, it wasn't like, and then in my head, I was like, oh no, it's something I just thought, yeah, it's just going to be, you know, as it, yeah, yeah. actually it would have been like the eighth night in a row I'd gigged or whatever. And by then you're kind of, you can sort of sniff the air like a farmer, can't you? <laughs> yeah. It's always nice when the promoter says to you, this isn't going to go well. 
that's the best. Is that, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah. There's been a few where they've gone. These never go well. <laughs> so and then, never... and then I'll just then you just totally relax. There's no pressure. That's quite odd, isn't it? There's somewhere I went to. I feel like it was Bergen. Um, is that where is that Scandinavia somewhere? Right. I went with Howl and Hal Cruttenden and Tim Clark, and you go and do the the main point of it is a sort of nice gig in a room in a hotel in the centre of town. But before that, you go to a naval base and do an hour long gig in a canteen. Oh. Uh, to silence, to complete silence, <laughs> to sort of um, sixteen and seventeen year old conscripts. <laughs> And I said, and Tim just said on the way, oh, yeah, uh, we'll get nothing here, by the way. But they, <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they do enjoy it. They like it. They want to keep doing it. So we, we're going to do it. Yeah. So you just go and do it. Mm. And you've been told that's what will happen. And you just don't panic about it. Yeah, so much think, better. Well, that's, that's fine. Yeah. You know. So when that joke, the hands full one, and then when that didn't work. So if is that, did you, do you find that if it doesn't work straight off the bat, you, you go, you, you lose confidence? Because that is a good idea. As yeah, for, for I bit. think just because at the time I was doing what was, I suppose, for want of a better phrase, a kind of best of thing. Mm. I was like, I'd, I'd have done oh, yes. four solo shows by then. So you're like, what's the what's the what's mm. the hour of that that works? I best do tried and tested things. But also while I was doing that show in New Zealand, I started writing the, the Fibber in the Heat, which is the story mm. telling one. And obviously, there's no space for for it in something like that and then you know whatever life takes over and you think oh that's done there's other things where i've done a more the last tour i did which i think now is 2017 the the sort of final the sort of last routine was about and not i used to have a, a restaurant column in the evening standard and one night it, i just had this sort of disaster where there wasn't a tape you couldn't book a table and you just that was that was their thing and so we ended up, the guy I'd gone with, my friend David, we ended up waiting downstairs. They said, we'll ring you when there's a table. By the time we got up there, we were absolutely wrecked. And I just sat down to write the review the next morning. And I couldn't remember, just couldn't remember at, at all. And I went through the receipt and I was like, I couldn't remember. Uh, and I rang Dave and he was like, no, not really. And and then I had to write, and I wrote this review and they were like, no, you can't do this. And that, that became a sort of quite big set piece, right. a story. But yeah. actually that had originally been sort of, in the middle of the first half and what I'd written thinking this is a giant set piece was quite mistakenly and not only had I written it but I had learnt in it and, and it was very wordy and that was the point of it it was actually basically a very very florid piece of writing about having a difficult poo <laughs> and I kind of thought that's the joke it's sort of kind of using almost operatic language yeah 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 you know, talking about sort of symphonies and turns of phrase and going into an, a sort of an, an allegro phase in the piece or whatever. And I tried and I just th thrown everything at it and tried to take this kind of quite sort of base idea and turn it into something yeah. really big and um, and fancy. But I suppose in the mix, there must have just have been some moments of sort of quite brunt, uh, blunt and brutal. And this thing must have been this thing must have been about 12 minutes long 12 inches yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly it's that sort of stuff that comes in and it and it was so wordy and i did it i think once at the the invisible dot is that called something else yeah. now I, i'm not sure what it's called now but yeah i know where you're talking about very groovy place in um mm. king's cross 
I saved Groove. It was sort of Factory Records meets the Cambridge Footlights. That was its yeah, kind of vibe. Yeah. And mm. then and then, but it was a very very good place to do. And I did it there. And I did I booked three night run in an art centre in Wiltshire maybe. And I did it for two of those nights. And at the end, I just thought, what am I doing? <laughs> I've done I've done it. I've done it justice. Mm. I've learnt the bloody thing. Yeah. But I've done it justice, and I've tried it three times in two wildly different places. And they've just gone, fucking hell. You know, <laughs> what are you doing? So so no laughs throughout the whole bit? No. Uh, no, it wouldn't have been no laughs, or you ju- you would just stop, I think. Right. But not one but, of those. But, but not no, almost no gladiatorial spirit whatsoever. Yeah. But no I th- payoff. I th- I, afterwards, I'm thinking, that can't, that just, that's just not an ending to a show, is it? That's a kind of <laughs> graphic oversharing. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like... And then, then, so the next night when I went to the road, I thought, oh, no, I'm just going to move that to the end, and that is it. And I had already, you know, R- Rigglesworth. I do a bit of um, mm. additional material on his radio series, and he's like a brilliant sort of structuralist, I think. Yeah. And when you're like, when you're looking at a way to finish the show, he's always like, it's in there, it's already in there. Mm. Just go back and find it. Wow. And then I had a big set piece at the end of another tour show, and I was like, I don't know where. And he's like, it'll be in there. Just go back through it, the mm. line. And eventually, it was a callback to a you found it, yeah. Routine twenty minutes earlier, or or, or whatever. Um, but those that was a thing that just that was really took a lot of effort in the writing. That's, yeah, that's going to be so and, annoying. And in the learning, and it just because <laughs> at least with a one-liner, that's only ten seconds I've wasted of my time. Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't take me long to learn it. But yeah, I can imagine if you've done a full. Well, I suppose the I suppose the payback for that is those those things that you say without really thinking and they go mm. bananas and you're like oh I've yeah yeah oh great well what was that right, that, that stays in like an ad lib and you like yeah. you write for five weeks and you get so and so and then you <laughs> yeah. you're basically breathing <laughs> out and something comes along and um, so that's you, you think well as long as I get a few of those along the way then I don't mind kind of wearing that one yeah yeah and that that I suppose is um, you know that's chipping away at the ice. Mm. Um, have you got any other little bits that you've, over the years, you've got down that you... Just didn't... Um, I mean, there must have. I must have... I remember once, like, when... Again, when you're... When you're I was going to say, when you're little. When you're younger, you know, it, and you're gigging quite a lot, and you, people are like, oh, because the great thing about doing this as a profession is, you know, there's the sort of freedom to go out there and do stuff. Morning, Mr. Magpie. Morning, Mr. Magpie. Morning, Mr. Magpie. I could just see a magpie on the catalpa <laughs> tree out the window. Um, you know, and so, like, you'd be in the shower and you'd think up five minutes of stuff and go out and do all of it. Mm. And, of course, it's like you're doing that in the midst of, like, 15 minutes of stuff that you really know. And, of course, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And I, But I remember doing that in uh, Glasgow in the stand once and coming off going, oh, God, that went... But... I said, I've thought of all of that today and I've gone and done it all. That was really silly. And Frankie was complaining. He was going, no, there's two, that one and that one. They're yep. good and you could keep doing them. Yep, yep, yep. Whereas I'd sort of discarded the whole thing as if it was all tainted by, oh, I'd cooked them all in the same dish so they're all fucked. No, you know, no, no. No, it all tastes of onions. Can't <laughs> yeah. do it now. But it, it it wasn't that. I mean, there must be any number of things I've thought of that simply haven't worked. But I I, I, I think there's also that they, they creep in and they creep out and you kind of forget forget them mm. I mean, I'll, have, I'll have a laptop full of them somewhere but also i suppose when i started what i did was quite it was quite sort of 
character-driven rather than persona. And it was sort of quite brutal. I I recorded Fibber in the Heat for um, Go Faster Stripe, and I really enjoyed oh, it. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'll go back and do my other earlier ones. And I was on the train with the laptop, and I brought them up, and I thought, oh, I wouldn't fancy doing that at all now. Oh, really? It just, yeah, it was, it was just sort of kind of so, you know... Do you think you've got... this Hectoring... Uh, yes, yeah, so you've developed and you just does, doesn't suit what you do. Well, now. I've become sort of closer to me, whereas at first it was a kind of, it was a sort of very snobby persona, but in a, not in a kind of like, um, not really too keen on PVC windows. It was more a kind of like, mm. oh, I'm, I live in a castle and you don't, or sort of a uh, kind of sledgehammer aspect to it. Yeah. And, and it, 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 I just didn't like it. Um, but, you know, it still works at corporates. Yes. Oh, so, um, <laughs> so yeah. So do you pull that stuff out for corporates? Because no, there's only like one, one or two maybe that would sort of would do it. But I just didn't. Because I guess I when you're playing sort of to your like own it. audience, you being you is the best possible thing you could be because they've got to know you so well now over the over the years. Yeah, there's an element of that. Whereas when in front of people that don't know who, they're not there because you're there. They're there because they're a dentist. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, and, that, and that's a. Th- so you, you just need things that go. I did remember. So I used to do this thing. As I say, it was quite sort of snobby. And it was really pastiching that kind of world. And when I started it, you know, and I'd be doing this in clubs in Edinburgh and Glasgow and in pubs and stuff like that. Mm. If I, My feeling was if I said something snobby, I must have said this before and other similar things. But, I, you, you know, if I said something that was a snobby remark, to me, it seemed obvious that the idiot in this joke was me. Yes. Yeah. But then actually, culturally, things sort of changed a bit. This would be sort of beginning of the noughties. And then you'd get to a point where, like, say, Jonathan Ross or someone might talk about chavs yeah. in a, in his monologue. And people would just sort of enjoy it at face mm. that value, I, I guess. You know, and he you know, he he can really deliver a, a monologue, can't he? Yeah. Jonathan Ross. Not, and, and so then you'd be like, oh, no, but that's not the point of this. This is saying that that's not, you know, we're coming at it from, you know. And so that that I would feel sort of slightly discomforted by, and then you think, hang on a minute, what am I doing? Going, oh God, I don't want the people to enjoy this at face value. And you're like, but then also, why are you <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sort of kind of went away and rethought things. So when I and I stopped for ages, and then I started again in two thousand and seven. The first thing I sort of wanted to do was something that was a bit more kind of storyish. Mm. I'd gone to the Ballon Banana with my friend. Um, Vladimir McTavish was doing Paul Sneddon, but Vladimir McTavish is a stand-up name, and mm. he was staying with us. And I'd gone to watch him at the Banana, and M- Mickey Flanagan came on at ten to eleven and told stories for half an hour. And I thought, bloody hell, that's amazing! Mm. I'd love to try and do something that's a bit more different. And what he's doing there is just really being him. Yeah, I know that's an obviously you just turn turn the dials up. Yeah, but it made me think. God, there's so many different ways to do this. Why am I just? Why have I got this really tatty bit of paper which has got twenty words on that? Is my set list, and I go and mm. do it. And you can be sort of inventive and have have fun. Or, or in, a, in a, you know, there's so many different ways of doing this. And as and actually, you know, you spend that time on the comedy circuit. Now there's people you meet so many different fields that are like, oh, they're an actor now, but you met them on the comedy circuit, or they're a producer, or they're a script editor or they they just write or or they, they you know they're very sort of focused and you think oh it's a way of getting to lots of different things yeah and, and in and of its own sake it's this kind of great thing i mean you seem to be someone you just you love it don't you oh uh, yeah yeah it's just i can see you just even watching like the little clip you're like you look just you're just thrilled to be there and do <laughs> I, I i genuinely love you've doing just it. like just got the toy out of the box and the instructions yeah. are simple see, see for me the 
all those other things like doing TV, all that stuff is all as, like a, it's, it's the opposite of what you just said. It's a, they're all stepping stones so that I can do this to lots of people on tour. Yeah. Like that's sort of my end well, I, goal. I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the right way around. I mean, I got, I did a, a tour show in, I think it was 2014. And I basically, I'd done the circuit for a few years by then. And I'd done four Edinburgh shows and whatever. And then, and then it was only there. And then, and I think I'd done, you know, I did the first series of, of Rev. And only then did I actually start getting asked on sort of panel shows and stuff. And oh, then I ended up doing right. quite a lot of them. And then I suddenly thought, oh, hang on a minute, but I'm not doing the thing. I'm literally just turning up and doing these. Yeah. But I'm not doing, everyone else is here because they do lots of stuff. Mm. And I kind of thought, I don't, I said, they do lots of, they do lots of live comedy. And I've got to a point where I'm not, that's interesting, yeah. So, not doing these. so then I went back to it thinking, hang on a minute, I should go back and do the thing. Yeah, yeah. The thing that really sort of got you there. It might be that mm. like a little bit of profile is nudged or something else, but you think, really, I'm sat behind a desk making sort of silly remarks because I used to stand up with a microphone in my hand doing those things. And so that, that sort of motivated me to write a, a okay. show and go out and talk because I thought I need to do the proper bit yeah, as well. Yeah. Not, not just take the kind of little, mm. you know, glacé cherries. You know. It's like a muscle, isn't it? You're... If you work the muscle on tour, you're yeah. It, you're when you go into those other environments, you'll just be super sharp, right? Well, having have a show, having a show in you, I think is a sort of great feeling, mm. and it's quite weird to suddenly realize oh, I've got the thing now. I've got it. It's there. It's in. When you go through there, and it's all just notes on bits of scraps of paper, or whatever. And I used to think when I did in those times when I did do this, the circuit, and would you know you'd sort of gig quite hard. You'd have a lot of stuff in there, and and. Mm. And it meant that you could, you know, you really could sort of work the room in a kind of, right, what weeknight is it? What do they... I remember going out somewhere, like a club in Southampton somewhere, and going out and doing what I was normally doing at the time. And after about four or five minutes, I thought, I'm not really going for this. Uh, and I knew I had to do 45 minutes. And I thought, that's all right, I'll do something different then. And I just mm. had that in the locker, which, I, God, I wouldn't have now. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I was like, Okay, if they don't like that sort of thing, I'll do something else for the other forty minutes. Yeah, and yeah. Thinking, you know, or or, or you you do Little a set that you could do Monday to Thursday, or sometimes you turn up on Thursday and you go, oh, I think I need to do the sort of weekendy set here, and then yeah. you go somewhere on a Sunday and you like you do a completely different. Like if you're closing you know, for whatever reason, Sundays do have sort of longer closing sets or whatever, and mm. you would do forty five, fifty minutes that you wouldn't have done the night before, wherever you'd been the night before or whatever. And you, yeah. you, that that kind of match fitness is a nice, is a nice. Like, do you remember and one, your, one your... I don't expect to get back? <laughs> really. <laughs> but do you remember all your old stuff that could, like, if no. something happened in the room, could you go into an old bit, or do you just? You'd I think it would almost like it would just have to. You'd have to rely on your muscle memory, mm. wouldn't you? It might happen, was... and it would be there. But it's not. I wouldn't. I go. Oh, well, that show was about. No, I can't. No, I can't. I've got in like in the. Was... sitting on the back in the laundry room or whatever the old sort of set list from a show I did Have before you? we moved here and I look at those words now and think what does that mean? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I suppose some of it I remember maybe because it was then in on the McIntyre's Roadshow set or mm. the Apollo set and they're, and they're kind of slightly nearer to the surface or people might say oh you do that thing about Wheatley's right. and you're like Cause ah yes because people see that all the time because they go on YouTube and that's yeah, sort of... yeah, all those, those sort of things. So they all sort of reminded of those. Whereas things, other things, you think I don't, I can't. I mean, I must have performed if I've done 
six Edinburgh shows plus two tours. That's mm. uh, well, three tours. Really, one of them was Edinburgh. You're like there's like eleven hours of stuff that I must have done, and I can't imagine yeah, yeah. what it, what nearly all of it must have been. <laughs> there's uh, a bit you did on the Polo about um, Boris on the wit- blaming Boris Johnson for everything. That bit. Oh yeah. Um, oh god, that, that's not aged well, has it? Uh, no, that's very. Good. <laughs> I was, was going to say because was that was that when he was mayor of London? Must have been, yeah. Right, I was going to say. So that would have been want... a sort of be- very kind of London centric piece of material, I suppose, at the time. Yeah, it, it, like it, it is great, and I was wondering if you would have carried on doing it when he sort of changed his job roles, or whether it changed the. Bit, yeah, probably. Or... If I, I mean, if it, I didn't, by the time he was, I wasn't really gigging. By the time he. Or was he? Oh, I can't. I can't exactly remember the timeline. Because it still, in theory, um, works. But I didn't know the di- what difference. Yeah, it would do you have know made. what? I would have. I reckon I'd have done that bit at the, at the Hardy thing. It was. Was it about him looking when he wakes up? Yeah, he looks. He um, looks like a man that's just come around from general anaesthetic. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I must have done. Yeah, I must have done that for. I sort of did dust that off recently. But also, when I was doing the Apollo thing, I thought I need for Jeremy. Mm. I, I thought I thought I need to do stuff that I know. Yeah, because I was wondering if that now that he's prime minister and there's so much more happened like whether that works better now as a bit now that everybody yeah. knows because even cause i reckon back... i reckon everything i've written will be absolute gold now <laughs> yeah. um it just needed to mature you yeah. know what i mean it was a bit you know just to ripen uh no that probably would work better now whereas at the time we'd be like oh that's quite quirky having such a long bit about the what would you have been then home mayor or home secretary or i would have thought or whatever. Me- yeah oh, God, I... imagine having like imagine having four minutes on the foreign secretary or whatever. Whereas now you'd be like, it's a bit odd that he hasn't have got four minutes on the prime minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Miles Jump! Hashtag Awooga! Miles Ajapa! Yes, sir. What an episode. Great stuff. Thanks so much to Miles for for uh, coming into the joke studio. It was, it was on Zoom. Um, and we're not even in the studio anyway. We're not even we're not in the, we haven't got a studio. Don't tell anyone that. Um brilliant. Any feedback, let us know at Jokes with Mark. That is not the end of the episode. If you would like to listen to the rest of it, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. Um So, Danny. Mm-hmm. Anything more from you? Nothing more from me, Mark. Anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more from me, Danny. Hashtag Uga, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.